Know what to eat, but find yourself not eating it. Perhaps you've been on diets and off again, and just wonder why you can't stick to them. The Eating For You podcast, hosted by me, Sally Ann Pisk, will show you what's been missing so you can enjoy a healthier way of eating that lasts. Hi, Sally Ann here again this week. I'm very excited to have uh, Sally Bedoric with me. Sally is a clinician dietitian who has extensive clinical experience in diabetes, obesity, chronic health management. She has also worked in a wide range of dietetic roles, including consulting to industry and media within the community and aged care centre, in private practice and clinically in the hospital environment. So Sally currently works at the Nepean Family Metabolic Health Service at Nepean Hospital and is undertaking her PhD exploring the facilitators and barriers leading to beneficial outcomes following bariatric surgery. Welcome again, Sally, to the Eating For You podcast. Thanks, Sally Ann. Glad to be here. Yeah, and I'm really excited today to be talking with you a little bit about the history of weight loss medications, mm -hmm. but also, I suppose, the upsides and the downsides, because often when I meet with ladies, they've been quite disappointed with the results or lack of results through medication and just getting some bigger picture, I suppose, about, you know, how they work, the fact that they don't work for everyone. And if they are working, how you can get the best long-term benefit physically, but also with that non-hunger eating that some people experience. So, um, just starting off, so weight loss medications are not new, are they? No, they've been around for um, a while, um, probably from the 1960s, I'd say. And we've come a long way. And I have to say in the last five years, there's an explosion of quite novel type of um, medications that may very well be quite effective and in fact some of these medications have weight loss outcomes that rival bariatric surgery but they are not for everybody in the history we've seen medications that stop absorption of some nutrients so it can have some detrimental effects you know probably the the main one is having this awful pain in your stomach and having bowel motions that are basically fat so and and having to always go to the toilet that's a terrible one to have then we've had other medications that um, like fentamine and geramine that are still available and still quite useful for some people that will have sleep issues. And if you've got heart problems, um, they will give you a heart racing, so palpitations and things like that. So they may not be effective for some people. Now we're moving into the stage of using some oral medications, but also some injections and sort of the injections are ones that people there's a growing swell and you might have seen in the media that Ozempic is off the off the shelves because of you know celebrities are using it to fit into to their um their dresses for the Oscars and things like that so some of these medications are useful for people some are not and it's absolutely up to your GP to, to decide with you making some educated um investigation yourself to decide whether they're going to be useful for you. Yeah, because like I said, you know, in the introduction, you know, some ladies have been really impacted, even with the newer medications like Ozempic, the side effects have been, you know, unbearable for them. Mm -hmm. Then other ladies have taken it for you know, several months, but had no weight loss. And mm -hmm. yeah, just getting that reassurance that they're not 
for everyone. Uh, I think yeah, that's absolutely important. like some dietary approaches suit some people, some medications suit other people. What a GP will ask you to do is trial a medication for about three months. Now, if you haven't had what they assume to be a normal response, so it might be 10% weight loss in that medication or 5% weight loss, if you haven't had that and you're having really bad side effects, they will usually cease it within that first three months. So it's no use in trying to go on and on and on with the medication if it hasn't actually worked for you. So there may be another medication or one in the pipeline that might be useful for you. But it's not about medication just by itself, um, which I'm sure we'll get into, Sally Ann. It's um, medications are addressing a physiological issue they don't necessarily address your psychological issues that you have with food or eating or lack of exercise or other things or poor sleep, other things that are going on in your life that can contribute to weight issues. Yeah, and, and this is always my concern, um, Sally, you know, both of us, you know, are over, I think you are as well, 30 years as a dietitian, and, mm -hmm. and what we both really strive for is helping people find that long-term solution to their, their eating and their health mm -hmm. and getting some enjoyment back into the whole pleasurable experience of food. And this is what concerns me when I see medications come out, because I always think, well, what happens, you know, if the medications stop? And we saw this with Ozempic not be, being available and, and then perhaps, you know, research will show, oh, well, you know, after 12 months, two years, whatever it's recommended, you don't continue with medication. You know, so we've kind of set people up, as you said, if we don't address those psychological aspects of eating, then the weight's going to come back on again. So it's not a long-term solution. No, uh, no, it might not be a long-term solution. I guess we should really point out that Ozempic, so there's Ozempic and there's Saxender and there's other medications that are coming on board but they're not approved in Australia for weight alone. They are only approved for management of diabetes. And the other effect is weight loss that happens with it. So if you don't have diabetes, if you're on these medications, so Ozempic, um, Tazepatide and Wegovy that will be coming in the pipeline, you probably have been put on these medications off-label by the GP. So they're not necessarily for people that don't have diabetes. Now, there is one medication called Saxenda, which is uh, liraglutide. That is a medication that's approved for management of obesity. Now, that's a daily injection. costs about $440 a month or so. And it um, says that in the literature about 15% weight loss is normally expected. But that doesn't happen with everybody. And as you said, Sally Ann, it's important to be addressing eating behaviours at the same time as being on these medications. So they should not be in isolation with each other. Um, so if you're going to go on medications to address your weight, also understanding and getting help with addressing your psychological eating is important. Yeah, and, and this is what concerns me because I talk to ladies most days of the week um, about their relationship with food and their desire to lose weight. And it's like people get this sense that it's a wonder drug, you know, like whether it's a tablet or an injection that they're having for their weight. 
but it's not because as you said you know we take that away and then the weight will come back on so without side effects too sally ann so you're going to feel nauseous most days so that low-grade nausea that people might have felt when they were pregnant, sort of like morning sickness all day. And you, you can get what's called sulfur burps, so, so this reflux that tastes a bit like rotten eggs, um, and some gastrointestinal issues. Um, so those are the negative parts of it. But there's some positive parts too. It, it can help some people, and it's not for everybody, but if it's in a treatment approach, that helps you it can help to facilitate some weight loss which at the same time as you're doing that weight loss if you can address the psychological aspects of eating as well then that could be useful long term we don't have any data that says that these medications can be you know you can have them for two three four ten years because they're only new. So there hasn't been this longevity of, of studies that have been um, published yet. And so we don't know the long-term outcomes. Um, they are, these medications, these injectables, they mimic what is normally occurring in your gut. So it's a, it's a particular hormone called GLP-1. So they do mimic that, but they are artificial. So what what is the response here? I'm not sure. So. I guess if you're going to use this, maybe sort of use it for a, a period of time, but at the same time, address emotional eating, go and get help with, with uh, dietitians, psychologists, whomever um, you need to get help with to address why eating is an issue. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that because it certainly can, they certainly can work together. We have uh, a number of ladies in our community. Some have gone through our foundations program and it has been useful because they can see their triggers for eating. They can see what they can do instead of eating. They can look at some of these old beliefs about food being a cure for everything. And we spoke about this in our last um, podcast about, you know, you fall over, you're given a lolly, you go and get an injection, you're given a lolly. So we can have that association that food fixes everything. And by working through this, along with seeing some results for your weight, it can be very powerful to make that change and see some longer term results. So one of the things that people that I know, uh, clients of ours that are on these medications, they will find that they're, they're okay to leave some food on their plate. So these are things that often as we grow up, we're told eat everything. And even later on, we you know, because food's expensive now and, and, and it seems somewhat wasteful to leave three or four mouthfuls. But people on med- these medications are able to address, like they can leave their food. So therefore they can address the, the issue that they may have had with food wastage. So they can start to see that it's okay to leave some food or put it away for tomorrow or the next day's lunch or whatever. So there's little things that may be um, part of the eating issue that can be addressed at the time, but it's about acknowledging them and then start to work through why it was an issue in the past. And so that if you stop the medication, it's not an issue for you in the future. Yeah, and I think that whole hunger satiety is a big one because a lot of ladies that I talk with, it's not something they've really ever considered because their attempts in the past have been so food focused. You followed this meal plan, you eat at this time, you eat this amount of food. 
but there's no actual connection with, well, am I hungry now? Have I had enough to eat? Uh, have I had too much? It's just like, well, I'm doing what I'm told. And there's been this disconnect with the body. So certainly noticing that you are actually satisfied and you don't want to eat more food is a really positive reinforcer, whether that's done, say, with a mindful eating practice like we do with Eating For You or whether it's aided with the medication as well. That's right, and it might be both. If you're going to do medication, then you should be doing both at the same yeah. time. Learning the intuitive eating practices is important, just as taking that medication. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I, I liken it to when you're on this medication, it takes out all that fuzzy, chaotic uh, sort of rules and regulations you have in your head, and you can start to just break down um, and learn then how to eat properly. So break down those issues that you had in the past, learn to eat um, more intuitively and, you know, to suit you right now. Yeah, and, and I think the strong message is though, the medication on its own is not enough. And unfortunately, that message is not as strong in the community as I'd like it to be, because as I said earlier, I, you know, it just breaks my heart all the time when I see another story where something didn't work for someone. And it's not as if they're not putting the effort in, it's just not the right strategy for them. And there's no long-term view about how do I sustain this? And is this the right thing in the long term? That's right. It also should be said that with these medications and fast weight loss, you can have a lot of muscle loss. So it's not necessarily fat loss that you, you're getting. You might be having muscle loss. So just allowing the medication to work and not, you know, including some exercise in your day and proper eating of, you know, good quality protein foods and vegetables, this can lead to muscle loss. And then if you come off those medications, what goes on is not muscle, back muscle, it goes, that fat comes back in. So then you have a higher fat percentage, which then makes you at a higher health risk for, especially women getting older, um, you know, and that fat layer that happens around your, your middle, that will increase. So you, you sort of need to address that. So there's a whole lot of reasons why, um, just taking a medication is not beneficial. It should be a whole of life and lifestyle reevaluation and, and, and move towards something that um, is health promoting. Yeah, and I think it's just a reminder too, and, and I suspect we need more broader education um, through our health system and the community about it's not about weight loss, it's about fat loss when we're looking at health gain. And too often we still think, oh, the number on the scale is going down, that's good. But as you said, if it's mostly muscle coming off, then, then it's not great. And we know that uh, 25% of people's weight loss is usually muscle mass. So if you've lost 10 kilos, two and a half kilos is likely to be muscle. So if you, you know, you eat steak or something like that, two and a half kilos worth of, if you look at that steak, that's a lot of muscle to lose. So it's worth considering that, you know, we can mitigate this or we can stop this by, um, putting in some exercise and some really good quality uh, food and protein particularly, but it's definitely worth addressing. Yes. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing that, Sally. Any final comments or anything about the weight loss medications and 
helping people discuss these, I suppose, with their healthcare practitioners as well? What are the questions we should be encouraging um, our clients and patients to be asking? Yeah, so I guess if you have diabetes, then these medications can be really quite life-changing. So diabetes aside, we'll just pop park that somewhere. But if you're just going and you don't have diabetes and you're just wanting to, not just, but you're wanting to address your weight, then talking to your GP about the medication options available, the side effects, the good parts, you know, what can, what's normal to expect, how many people don't expect, you know, don't get what they expect. So are there a lot of people that are non-responders to this medication? So have that discussion with your GP. Also, um, the cost, the cost is quite high. So have that discussion, um, how long you will be on that medication for when the trial period ends, what are the options for ongoing medication or, or other interventions that you could use? And also having a referral to get some psychological help, dietetic help, other help, at the same time so not just relying on that medication there'll be other areas that you should be addressing at the same time so make sure you get those referrals from your gp as well yeah no thanks sally it's been a really beneficial discussion uh just broadening our understanding of the pros and cons of weight loss medication and if you do decide to uh, take a medication that it is supported as you said with help with changing eating behaviors but also uh, a good exercise movement regime as well absolutely absolutely yeah. Yep. Thanks again, Sally, for your time. It's been wonderful talking to you. And uh, I look forward to getting you back when you're a little bit further along with your research uh, with bariatric surgery as well. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks so much. Yep. Thanks everyone for listening. And I look forward to sharing with you again next week. You have been listening to the Eating For You podcast with Sally Ann Pisk ready to ditch diets and receive support for a lifelong way of eating. Then join me in a free 45-minute Foundations Mindful Eating call. The booking link is included with this episode's notes.